Hello, hello. Welcome back to Loki's Librarian. I am your librarian, Katrina. If you are new here, welcome. This is where I am reading through the enormous library of books that you see behind me. Just trying to educate myself a little bit more about the world. And then I give you a quick synopsis and I tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos, and let me know what you think in the comments. This week's book was kind of an impulse no okay not kind of it was totally an impulse buy uh, so I could figure out what the heck was going on with the Libertarian Party since the National Convention in May of this year so and I'll get to that in a minute I just I didn't want to have a really long explanation before announcing this week's book of the week which is Getting Libertarianism Right by Hans Hermann Hoppe this week's cocktail is called the Libertarian which is one and a half ounces of Metaxa five star one and a half ounces of fig syrup three-quarter ounce lemon juice, three-quarter ounce honey syrup, and bruised rosemary leaves. So let's do this. Now, a little more background information on how I came to pick the book I picked, um, or more specifically the author I picked. Uh, in case it hasn't been clear enough from my past reviews, I think both the left and the right suck equally. Um, rosemary. We'll start with rosemary because it has to be bruised, so I want to mash those up first. Actually, don't say how many rosemary leaves. It's probably going to be a lot of rosemary. I've been politically centrist and voter libertarian in the last two presidential elections, even if I wasn't necessarily thrilled with who the candidates were, uh, because frankly, I do think that protest votes count. I think that let it, the, the more people vote third party, even if it's not the third party I agree with, it lets the duopoly know that we the people are unsatisfied. Plus, I have this thing about not voting for evil anymore, and I think both the Democrats and Republicans are evil. So that, that, that was why I opted to go the way I did. In May of 2022, the Libertarian National Convention was held in Sparks, Nevada, and the leadership experienced a massive shakeup. And I believe almost, if not actually, a 100% turnover in leadership as the Mises Caucus swept through uh, and took over the party. This <laughs> Freya, honey, don't, don't chew on mommy's knife, please. Yeah. Go bug your brother, but don't chew on mommy's knife. This immediately caused the outgoing leadership to start crying about how a bunch of racists had taken over the party. Now, <laughs> this does concern me um, I, because there is nothing stupider on God's green earth than the blind hatred of anybody for something they have no control over, like the color of their skin or where they were born. Hate someone for their actions, even hate them for their thoughts looking at you, Karl Marx. But racism, no thank you. I, I would, in fact, if that were the case, nope out of the Libertarian Party because that's just not something that I can align myself with. So the Metaxa Five Star is like a cognac brandy. I probably could have gone with any cognac brandy, but I figured we'd go ahead and use this since that's what it was calling for. And I didn't really have any cognac or brandy in the house. So might as well go ahead and get the name brand stuff. It wasn't that expensive. Facebook then helpfully reminded me earlier this month that, and this is something that popped up on my timeline, being labeled a racist today is much like being labeled a witch in the Middle Ages. No evidence is required. It's simply a weapon used to defeat people you don't like. And the mobs of ignorant rioters never question it. As much as things change, things stay the same. And I thought, yep, that is really accurate. And the best way to determine if somebody is a racist is to do your own research. Don't let somebody else do your thinking for you. Don't outsource your thought. So the recipe actually calls for fig and cane sugar puree. I figured that is that meant fig syrup. So that's what I went with was fig syrup. So I did a little digging, or rather I jumped into the most vocal Facebook group on this question, which on my timeline at least is, uh, we're found in the Libertarian Party discussion. 
Then a funny thing happened. Every time I asked for actual proof of racism, the ones saying that XYZ were racist were unable to provide any. I had one, one person actually link me to a blog post where the blog post just repeated the same allegations, but again, provided nothing by way of proof. And in that blog post and repeated ultimately many times in the, the Facebook group, the three people who were being decried as being the most racist were Ludwig von Mises, uh, Murray Rothbard, and Hans Hermann Hoppe. And since no one could provide any concrete evidence of racism on any part by any of these three titans of thought, who are apparently the inspirations for the Mises Caucus, I did my own research, as one always should, which led me to this week's book of the week, Getting Libertarianism Right. So oh, this book is only four chapters long. It's 118 pages of text and it has an, an index, but it, it's not a very long book. If, if I had been really dedicated, I could have read it in about four hours. He covers a lot of ground in those four chapters, and a lot of ground. Very similar to Dr. McDonald's book. So he covers a lot of ground in those four chapters. Um, in chapter one, he addresses realistic libertarianism. Essentially, property rights are the most important factor of libertarianism. Now, if you followed along during my Civil War adjourn over the last month, you'll know that the South fought the war the Civil War specifically for the right to keep their property, specifically in the form of slaves. Now, right there, an idiot who didn't have any further depth of thought might think, aha, see, he, he addresses property rights and he thinks people are property. And he literally addresses that first and foremost by saying you cannot own another human being. You can only own yourself. Right there negates the whole, oh, he thinks the people should be slaves thought. Definitely does not. He thinks that that's garbage. You can only own yourself. Perfect. So there's there's one thing out of there, out the gate, that says, no, he's probably not racist. Because part of the justification the South was using for owning slaves is that they weren't really people. Nowhere in here does he say that anybody who's not white is not a person. Nowhere does he say that. In fact, he pretty much emphatically says, if you are living and breathing, you're, you're your own person. Honey syrup. This is a shaken cocktail. Anything else trying to own another human being is a violation of the non-aggression principle. So right off the bat, I'm good with that. Since that statement about only owning yourself 100% precludes owning another human being, making slavery off the table. So Hoppe passes that racist test. Specify slavery is not okay. No qualifications on that one. Let me shake this up. Now Hoppe does break it down in great detail as to why, in general, libertarians tend to get along better with those who are right of center versus left of center. Um, he didn't quite quote Ronald Reagan here, but as Reagan famously said, the very heart and soul of conservatism is libertarianism. So there, there is a lot of commonality here, mainly because the right is currently the champion of property rights. Well, that is really thick. You get to garnish it with um, fig slices. Fig fig. Why not? That made a great soundbite in the 1980s, but has very little has been done to uphold that ideal in the Beltway. Basically, the right is closer to liberty ideals and that they do acknowledge those property rights. The left, not so much. Um, and it's very much the illiberal left that are infiltrating and destroying a freedom movement in America. Hoppe addresses open borders and why that is a terrible idea in, stress, in addressing why the right and the liberty movement has so much in common. Um, the problem with open borders being that people coming into the country 
have to share the values of the people who are already living there or else there is conflict. Uh, I mean, good Lord, witness DeSantis' political stunt of shipping immigrants to Martha's Vineyard or even better, how Democrat Party Mayor Muriel Bowser of Washington, D.C. declared a public emergency in D.C. when busts of immigrants arrived in our nation's capital. Again, these are partially political stunts, but it really does tell you what the left actually thinks, right? (laughs) They're quite illiberal. They make great sound bites, but they really don't tend to care about the people or property rights. As Hoppy calls them, the liberal lala libertarians maintain this is all fine and we should just have open borders. But really, look no further than Europe with their open and free immigration laws. Uh, This matter was addressed in great detail in Ion Hersey Ali's book, Prey, Immigration, Islam, and the Erosion of Women's Rights, which I reviewed back in March of this year. The inherent conflict between how Islam views women and the free movement of women in Western countries creates a powder keg, blows up the argument for free and open borders. That's really good. That is really good. So as Hoppe points out, the right does not, in fact, believe that all men and women are equal. Um, In fact, it's patently obvious that we are not all equal. Um, And and let me explain this more, because I understand, again, (laughs) that the people who look no further than that are going to be like, see, see, he is racist. We're not all equal. He says we're not all equal. Well, I mean, theoretically, we're all created equal, meaning that, I mean, as the Declaration of Independence says, we are all created equal, which means we all come into this world naked, screaming, and covered in blood. And there the equality ends. Uh, Some people are born poor, some are born wealthy, some are born in America, some are born in Eritrea. And if you don't think those worlds are vastly different with different expectations, then might I recommend you pick up a book and educate yourself, all right? It's a world of difference between America and Eritrea. America and China, world of difference. The left believes that not only are we created equal, but we should all stay equal. And that is where things start to fall apart. They are not above using the state to appropriate funding to ensure that equality, which violates property rights. And Hoppe spends a significant part of his book destroying the ideals held near and dear to the leftists with cold, brutal logic. I, you know, it was good for me. It was, it was brutal reading, but it was really good for me because there are parts that made it lean to the left. All right. I, I'm, generally speaking, don't necessarily have a problem with open borders. Although I do think if we're going to have open borders, we should definitely wipe out the welfare state because you really can't have both. But he makes a strong case for why open borders are a very bad idea. Reference above, whereas, you know, the examples in Europe and how things are blowing up there. It's a strong argument. And, and it's, it's given me food for thought. And it's something that I'll refer back to in the future as I think about it more. Now let's get to the right. Um, I strongly suspect that in addition to not being able to defeat the logic of the argument against the left, part of the allegation of racism against Hoppe is that he will at least talk to the alt-right. Now this, as we all know, the left hates. They hate when somebody reaches a hand across the aisle to people they disapprove of and who are guilty of wrong think. I mean, hell, I had one jackass try to spam my channel that I was racist because I read Brandon Tatum's book. I mean, I read a damn book and this clown tried to shut me down. And hell, look no further than the hatred and vitriol heaped on Kim Kardashian when she met with President Trump to get a poor woman out of a a presidential pardon. I mean, man, there are plenty of things to dislike about the Kardashians, but if you dumped on Kim for crossing the aisle to help an innocent woman out, your moral compass is All right. So the alt-right. 
here again, despite his willingness to cross the aisle and converse with someone with an unapproved message, I found no evidence of racism. In fact, I found the exact opposite. Um, a direct quote from the book, quote, I believe it is a serious strategic error to make whiteness the exclusive criterion on which to base one's strategic decisions, as some strands of the alt-right have suggested that we do. After all, it is above all white men that make up the ruling elite and have foisted the current mess upon us, end quote. I mean, damn. He directly condemns racism right there. Um, this all in relation to the extreme divisions currently found in Western cultures as far as ever narrower minorities, which are all, to some degree or another, considered victims in the face of white cis heteronormative males. Um, basically, the leftists teach that the only one it is okay to actively hate on is white men. And while the message should absolutely appeal to these disenfranchised and deliberately targeted white men, it should not exclusively cater to them. The Libertarian message should be broad for one very simple reason. The Libertarian Party has fallen into the political trap of assuming that change will only happen when we can start getting people elected to positions of authority. And historically, this is not what happens. Not that third parties can't win. Lincoln was technically a third party candidate as the Republicans were brand new on the scene, Lincoln being only their second presidential nominee ever. But rather, as the saying goes, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Get a libertarian elected to the National Post and he'll return either a Democrat or a Republican light. The duopoly holds the floor. So Hoppe says that the message has to spread in a grassroots movement. It has to start from the bottom up. And there is no earthly reason to limit that movement strictly to white people, and in fact, every reason to include all of we the people in that movement, with the exception of communists and socialists, which is another reason that the liberal ala libertarians hate Hoppe, because most of them lean towards communism and socialism, and those two ideals are absolute anathema to libertarianism. Which brings me to why I think the Libertarian Party had such a meltdown and started seeing racism everywhere. It wasn't when the Mises caucus stepped into power. The paradox of tolerance. Now, I know I've mentioned this before in exposing the real Che Guevara, but to repeat the point, the paradox of tolerance states that if a society is tolerant without limit, its ability to be tolerant is eventually seized or destroyed by the intolerant. In this case, the intolerant would be the leftists. The illiberal left are grossly intolerant, but they will call for tolerance in everyone until they have control and then flip the script and screen how everyone but, but them are intolerant. Now in chapter three, Hoppe got to the real brass tacks and laid out 10 points that would lead to a libertarian society. So these being, and I am gonna go through these 10 points because I think that they cannot be overstated enough. Stop mass immigration. See the points above about how if the immigrants don't share your cultural mores, conflict is inevitable. And look, Hoppe points out that nobody is against immigration per se, right? It, but it is not unreasonable to want the incoming immigrants to want to let you live your life as you always have. It's not expect you, the person who's already there, to bend over backwards to let them come in. And yes, I get the cultural relativists and historical revisionists not to be confused with actual historians, which of which Rothbard and Hoppe are certainly included. They're going to scream about how white men came to America and it up for the natives already here, but, and this is a highly relevant point, you cannot change the past. It's already done. There's no going backwards and saying, oh, well, no, we should maybe not let them in. All you can do is learn from the past. The Native Americans 
allowed mass immigration and how did that work out for them? Hell, one could even argue they did not allow mass immigration, but the white man invaded with guns and took over. So there's another lesson learned from the dangers of mass immigration. Make sure those crossing the border are not armed. Point two, and I cannot stress this enough, stop attacking, killing, and bombing people in foreign countries. Seriously, people, 9-11 didn't just happen. We weren't targeted for our freedoms. It happened because we had been waging war in Afghanistan for decades prior to that. 30 years, war in Afghanistan. Everybody thinks the Cold War was just, you know, America and, and the USSR, former USSR, ramping up their nuclear abilities and never actually firing a shot. No, they fought a proxy war in Afghanistan. Of course they brought it to us. It was bound to happen eventually, right? I mean, hell, we trained Osama bin Laden on how to do the things he did, how to infiltrate a greater nation. All right, that's all historical fact. You can look that up. Now, my heart aches for the 3,000 innocent lives that were lost that day, and it aches for the millions of innocent lives that have been totally destroyed in the decades prior to 9-11, and in the 22 years since that has happened as we continue to drop daily bombs on innocents in the Middle East. Daily. It is not only combatants who are injured in those, right? We the people had nothing to do with that, but neither do the ones that the military calls collateral damage. You know, that's not fair. It's not necessarily the military. It's the ruling elites who call it collateral damage. I have nothing but respect for our military, and you guys know how hard I fangirled over Tim Kennedy a few months ago. But the best way to honor our soldiers is to stop making so many of them dead in a fruitless war. All right. I mean, if we quit destroying their country with bombs, they'll have less reason to, Im to immigrate to a Western country, causing the culture classes, clashes described by Ion Hersey-Lee. Step two directly st helps with step one. Uh, point three, defund the ruling elites and their intellectual bodyguards. I've said it on Facebook and possibly in review, but definitely on Facebook, that the only people the IRS should ever audit are our elected officials. There is no earthly reason for an elected official to go into a job that nets them, what, $100,000 a year, and they retire millionaires. That is absurd, all right? There is corruption going on there, and the IRS should be auditing them, not we the people. Hi, IRS. I'm sure I'm going to get an audit here eventually now. The, their salary, their stock trace, their expenditures, every cent that our elected officials take in or spend should be open to public scrutiny. Um, university professors, media, the criminality that occurs by our elected officials is basically swept under the rug by everybody and it is absurd. To the point that, and God love him, I adore Joe Rogan. There is a reason that he is more trusted for news than any of our official media outlets. Step four, yes, I'm on step four. End the Fed and all central banks. This would also help with step three. Also, Ron Paul wrote a book called End the Fed. 10 out of 10 would recommend, excellent reading. Step five, abolish all quote unquote affirmative action and quote unquote non-discrimination laws and regulations. This is probably another stick that the useful idiots use to bang the racist drum when decrying Hoppe. Only this idea is not strictly his. This has also been espoused by economists like Walter E. Williams and Thomas Sowell. But, uh, well, 
it's hard for the intellectually dishonest to call either of those gentlemen racist. Crush the anti-fascist mob. As more and more victim groups are identified, we must eventually recognize that the only thing anti-fascist about Antifa is their name. You do not get to use fascist tactics and then claim to be the good guy. Seven, crush the street criminals and gangs. Now, this goes with the immigration policy highlighted above, but also covers how uber-liberal cities like San Francisco and Chicago have literal no-fly zones. That's here in the United States. They have those districts in Europe, again, outlined in Ion Hersey Ali's book, where basically policing is non-existent and criminals are in charge. So now we have criminals in Congress and in the street. I mean, no wonder the average American no longer feels safe in America. Also, this point has been raised by Gothics, who, shit, I think Gothics, I feel like I've heard Eric July say it, probably Zuby. None of them are racist. But, um, yeah. Step eight, get rid of all welfare parasites and bums. Look, before the welfare state came into being, people depended on private charity and family to care for those who could not care for themselves. Prior to the government stepping in and taxing the lifeblood out of America, Americans were wonderfully charitable. But now everyone assumes the government is going to take care of it because, hey, that's what our taxes are being taken for. And consequently, charitable giving has gone down decade over decade. No one gives a damn anymore. Step nine, again, big stressors on this one, get the government out of education. God said, did a whole book on this one on, on why exactly government and education is a cat catastrophe. Um, great book, recommended reading. All of it is the result of government intervention and education. I mean, how one good thing to come out of the recent medical crisis since the rise in homeschooling. I mean, the teachers union seriously overplayed its hands here. And step 10, don't put your trust in politics or political parties. And that includes the Libertarian Party. Because political parties, obviously, can be infiltrated. Witness the recent upset at the Libertarian Party National Convention. Again, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, the last chapter specifically addresses Hoppe's time with Murray Rothbard at UNLV. And I'm, I'm sad that I was not political right out of high school because I would have chosen to go to UNLV specifically to study with Hoppe. I quite like this book. It did answer for me the question of whether or not Hoppe is racist with a resounding no. Those who claim he is dislike the fact that he could logically explain away their logical fallacies. Basically, this book explains why they are not real libertarians, which is hilarious because that's a thing, right? Libertarians always say, well, you're not a real libertarian. And well, they resent him for calling them out on Now, I can't yet answer the question of racism in regards to Mises and Rothbard as I have not read those two gentlemen yet, but I am inclined to think that this is all a witch hunt, which was drummed up by sore losers. Um, when I posted the above quote from Facebook that, that crossed my timeline at the beginning about racism being basically a red herring, you know, the modern version of witchcraft, one of my lefty friends commented on how those accusations were rarely made without some modicum of truth. Um, bullshit. But I responded with this picture taken from the, this picture, I'm backwards on camera. Um, this picture from 
one of the Salem Witch Museums in Massachusetts. Especially note the very last sentence, the fact that young girls were unquestionably believed because the community allowed fear to overtake reason is a valuable lesson. Salem Witch House was fun. The, uh, the tour at the end, they had this big wall mural explaining uh, witch hunts and how McCarthyism in the 1950s was just another witch hunt. And I whispered to my husband, oh, it's like saying someone is racist or that all cops are racist. He kind of grabbed me and said, we are deep in enemy territory here. Do not turn us into victims 21 and 22. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Um, I mean, I kind of want to read Hoppe's other book, Democracy, the God that Failed, but it, it's, it's like $45 and I'm honestly trying not to buy any more books. <laughs> No, no, really, I'm trying not to buy any more books right now. Not sure how it's going to work out for me, but we'll see. That's it for this week. If you liked what you saw, do let me know what you think in the comments, and I will see you guys later. Bye.